This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with Alex Brampernard Rasmussen and Andy Brampernard. Catherine still got a, a her, she's talking like this right now. And I don't think she wants to be on when she's talking like that. You know what I mean? Probably not what she, she sounds like. She says she's coughing. Oh, honest God, she's like, <clears throat> yeah, how's it going? She's doing that. Deal. When I had that bronchitis three years ago, it was awful. A weeks or a yep. month straight of just nonstop coughing for no reason. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Ryan. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Well, you sure can't tell it. We're getting near the holiday season, whether it's Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever. My God, there's a lot of negative news. 
Uh, dig on Earth finds that uh, find that has nudged the course of history. That should be pretty interesting. But you got Laundry's lawyer knew Petito was dead. TikTok gets smacked down by multiple states. At Twitter headquarters, yet another unspoken sign of disrespect. Parents lose fight to keep baby from getting vaccinated blood. Germany uncovers alleged plot to install the Second Reich. Oh Is there God. any good news? Wait, wait Second Reich? Wait, what? It, wouldn't it's it be like, the Third Reich? Yeah, that's yeah, one of the most historically illiterate Reich. things yeah. I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Wouldn't what? it be the Fourth Reich? Yeah, Hitler yeah, wanted f- to make Germany into the Third Reich. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. It would be the Yeah, it would be the third, Fourth Reich. Fourth. Well, I guess yeah, because it didn't, he, didn't he didn't succeed in installing so the Third Reich. Third. Yeah. So it would, it would be the Third Reich still. Do you know what Reich means? It means empire. empire. I was going to say, it's something empire. like yeah, rain The, the first or Reich was Rome, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah, there you go. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. 3,000 officers carried out 130 raids across Germany on Wednesday, arresting 25 people who were allegedly plotting to storm the Reichstag and overthrow the government, the government of Germany getting overthrown. The BBC reports those uh, arrest, uh, arrested are far-right figures from the Reichsburger, <clears throat> the Reich citizens. Uh, movement who reject uh, Germany's post-war constitution, QAnon believers, and ex-military members, and it flags one name among them, Prince Heinrich the Thirteenth, a 71-year-old minor aristocrat who was to be installed as the leader. How did they think they'd ever get away with this? I mean, I take any news out of Germany with a massive grain of salt. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Because this is a country that puts you in prison if you insult politicians. That's true. So... Well, we're almost there. We're pretty close, yep. We're edging ever near that uh, you can't say anything unless I tell you it's okay. Someone in Germany recently went to prison for calling a politician a dick, I believe. He went to prison for that? You can't insult politicians in Germany. It's against the law. Oh, God. Uh, Yep, pretty bad. uh, We're headed that way here. He called him Ein Pimmel. Ein Pimmel? What does that mean? A penis. In German. A pimmel is a penis? Mm-hmm. Pimmel? How offensive. Pimmel, yep. That's terrible. Well, it's... Ugh. Half of... What? You know when you eat a... Like a... Oh, and sometimes they have, like, mold like flavor? Yeah. Poison? I know what you what? mean. Ugh. The nuts? Ugh. No, some nuts. Those nuts yeah. are delicious. I'll just eat one. I had... I've had, like, a handful, and the last one tastes like poison. Mm-hmm. All the rest of them taste good. Ugh. Sometimes you bite oh into one, and it's like biting into Make a ball of mold. It's really disgusting. Well, have a cookie. I, I actually eat things. My protein it's shake. so gross that Ugh. I actually remember the first time that happened to me. Yeah, really? it's really awful. <clears throat> yep. Like yeah. pistachios that'll happen. Remember like when I used to bitter. just eat bags of mixed nuts? I'd crack them and eat them, the whole thing myself. Yes. I did that all the time <clears> when I was a kid. Yeah, I was sitting downstairs in the basement on the computer and eating nuts, and I bit into one that was, like, rotting or something. Oh, was, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I just had a really, really, horrible. really disgusting cashew. It was a cashew? I know, it doesn't usually happen with cashews. It happens with pistachios a lot, yeah, but they're, like, bitter. Yeah. yeah. And pecans. That happens to me with everything but the bagel seasoning sometimes, where I'll take a bite of it, and I'm like, that tastes really chemically. Mm. Like a random tiny bite. <clears throat> so I have know. a question for you guys. Okay. <laughs> Why do we even allow TikTok in America? Because it's a good way to waste your day. Seriously, TikTok has been shut down now by multiple states. You cannot get TikTok in their states anymore. You can't get 
TikTok in the states? It says uh, TikTok gets smacked down by multiple states. Maryland, South Dakota, South Carolina cite cybersecurity risks and ban on government. Oh, it's only on government devices. I was going to say, oh, there's that makes no. more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Well, government devices shouldn't have anything you on them. You shouldn't have TikTok. No, on you shouldn't have Facebook. You shouldn't have any yeah. sort of potential data harvesting application. It should all be proprietary government applications. Yeah. I'd like to know something. So, so do they? Can you get Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff in in China? Uh, no, I don't think no. so. I didn't think so. So why do we allow them to have TikTok here? I don't get it. Well, because money. in America is the land of the free. You're allowed to yeah. get anything that you want. It is true. If you want to download spyware from the CCP, then you can do that. That's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. So as long as you agree with me, you can say or think whatever you want. Is that, that, that the way this is going? No. No, I think That's it's just more just... about, you know... If you want to harm yourself, you can do that all you want. Yeah, if you feel like getting a TikTok, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. You're only. But they're stealing your data. That you do know that. Yeah, but that's you've a lot made of the choice. Don't care. You have to say yes, and well, you your phone's to... stealing your data too. No, Facebook's stealing I your data. Know. They're all Everybody's stealing it. taking your data. Android is, Apple is. It's very valuable to them. There, yeah. I just this whole thing, and I, you know, I'm even. I'm wondering someday if I'm just not going to carry a phone with me anymore. I'm sick to death of it. Go back to a candy bar phone. My father-in-law doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't carry a phone ever, does he? Nope, and he doesn't drive. He doesn't drive anymore either. Why would you need a phone? Great question. He has a landline, but he doesn't leave home. Yeah, so you don't need a phone. Hardly ever. Oh, landline's good. That'll work. He doesn't need a cell phone. He's never had one. He had a pager up until, like, I want to say five years ago. (laughs) Well... My, hey, a, I understand. Because he was a doctor. Yeah, pager. Yeah, that a, never a doctor a, thing. That never had a cell phone, so he had a pager, and so they could page are him. Pager, are they on like a cell signal? What are they? I always wondered. You had a beeper like ages ago. Oh, long god! About thirty years ago, I, I had a beeper. Yeah. I was probably ten by the time you got rid of that. Thing. I don't even. I don't remember you even having a beeper. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you were about I remember thinking it was the coolest thing in the world. Oh, my gosh, of course. Somebody mm-hmm. needs my dad, so yeah. they're beeping Ooh. him. You can... I remember the car phone. Yep, car phones were cool for a little while. Massive. Yep. Oh, that thing was gigantic, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So massive. And then some guy tried to steal it out of my car. I remember that I was over at, uh, oh, what's the name, Spring Springgate? Spring the Gate. Plaza. Springgate's where the Walgreens and the Byerleys and all that stuff. Over there on... Just off of Golden Valley Road. Well, Duluth Street. It is. Oh, there. yeah. Okay. That place over there. I didn't know that. I, I had no idea it was called Spring. I didn't know it had a name. I, I didn't know that either. I think it's called Springgate Plaza, if oh. I remember correctly. Hmm. Matter of fact, that's where I went over to get that stuff. I Because got a couple of people over there, big listeners of the show, so I go over there. Highway there 100 go. and Duluth Street. And Duluth Street. Well, I plus I've always liked that store anyway. <clears throat> I've always liked that store it's a lot. It's a nice Lons and Byerly. I used to go there so much. Yeah. Oh, back when we lived in Golden Valley, mm-hmm. God, we used to go there constantly. Well, it was it was right there, three minutes from the yeah. house. So it was indeed easy to get to. So where do you guys go now? Uh, we have one in our town, and then we also go to Mac oh, and Boone's. A, oh, you have a Lunds and Byerleys in your town? No, we have oh, a grocery, grocery store. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because Andy lives way out of town. Mm-hmm. I Mac and Thunes is our like Mac big grocery store. I love Mac and Thunes. It's really nice. It's got everything. Yep. I go to multiple grocery stores. Well, I do too. Here's the thing. I used to always just go to Lake Winds, which is a co-op, <clears throat> which I think Lake Winds is fabulous. They have amazing produce, great cheese selection. 
lots of local stuff, organic, everything you need. I love Lakewinds. But. But. Within the last year, with inflation of everything. Oh, God, yeah. I'm well, just they've never like, been exactly affordable. No, it's always, and I've always been, I don't buy a lot of stuff. You know, I'm not a stuff person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I can spend money on groceries that I, you know, organic groceries and local stuff. And I and they do um, a lot of, oh, what's it called? Tear stuff. You know, it's like you can pour it into your own mm-hmm. thing that you brought and weigh oh, yeah. it so yep. you don't, it's package free. <laughs> yep. Um, so I used to always go there because it was like, oh, this is, these are like my principles and this is what I like. And I like supporting a small business and all this stuff, but it was like, and we cook so much at home. I was spending like $230 a week on groceries. Jeez. I just went and got that stuff. I got, uh, a chicken sandwich, a little chicken salad, uh, two six packs of Pepsi. It was $150. Yeah, Lunds isn't cheap either. Hundred and fifty clo- bucks. Our closest grocery store to our house is the Lunds and Byerleys. I love them. I it's very close. Them. It's like yeah. five minutes, maybe, from our house, but I don't go there very much because it's almost as expensive as Lakewinds. Mm-hmm. But I've started shopping at Trader Joe's. Oh, we love Trader Joe's. Significantly cheaper. Oh God, yes. And you can yeah. still get organic vegetables. I don't love that everything's wrapped in plastic. Gotta say, yeah. but. It saves me about a hundred dollars a week. Oh yeah, I understand. Like I went that. with Sage and I bought everything, but the other downside to all the plastic is there's you cannot get everything you need at Trader Joe's. No, there's always like true. four things yeah, no, that I have to go a, to another grocery store for. But there's yeah, a, they're not all encompassing. But at there's all. a Whole Foods near the Trader Joe's, so I have to go to. Two. It's dumb. Amel says, "Don't forget fresh thyme." Oh, we love Fresh Time, too. I, no, you're right. I used to go to Fresh Time because it's like kind of on my way to the podcast. So on my way home, I would stop and get it. But now that we don't have childcare anymore, I don't have time after the podcast to go grocery shopping. So I have to bring Sage with me. So I do all that stuff. I go to Lunds and Byerly's. I go to Cub Foods. I go to Jerry's over by our house. I go to. I haven't been to Whole Foods in a long time. Whole Foods. I haven't in... I don't even know how long. Whole Foods, the only stuff... What did I just have to go to Whole Foods for with Sage? Um, Seitan bacon. Because mm. I make these, like, veggie sandwiches. <clears throat> what with, is seitan It's bacon? like... It's smoky seitan. What's seitan? It's soy. Beans or something? It's made of soybeans. Yeah. yeah. Why do they call it seitan? It's fermented soybeans. Why do they call it seitan? Seitan. Or it should be seitan. Yeah, seitan, If it's Japanese, it's which I assume it is. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's fermented soy and it's smoky, so it tastes like bacon. And so I fry it in olive oil and then I put it on these veggie sandwiches that I make. Right. Anyway, so they don't sell that at Trader Joe's. They don't sell any of like the really good vegetarian replacements for meats. Like I make, you know, tacos Mm -hmm. and I use another type of seitan for that. Oh, seitan is literally just wheat gluten. Hmm. Oh, so it's, oh, really? It's not soy. Yeah, no, that they, was fermented uh, soy. Yeah, they uh, extract the gluten from the wheat and then just make stuff out of it. Isn't that a lot? Yeah. A lot of people are allergic to that, aren't they? Melissa can't eat wheat gluten. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people can't eat. Or at wheat least she gluten. can't eat wheat. We don't really know the specifics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, and then um, I I'm not a fan of Trader Joe's sandwich bread. 
No. So I get a sandwich bread at either Target or Whole Foods because they have it. the best organic sandwich bread. It's so soft. Yeah, I go to Target once in a while for groceries. Oh too. my gosh, it's the best sandwich bread. I do that. Yep. Ever. See, it's how I mean, life should ever, be. God, how many different? I didn't even think about this. How many different supermarkets are there? Jesus. Oh, if you we're not even <clears throat> including like Cub. No, I said I go to Cub. Oh really? Is Rainbow still around? I don't think so. I don't think Rainbow is still around. Rainbow Foods. You don't see many super values. There are still are some High super v, values. High V. Aldi. Yeah. No, Rainbow Foods is gone. I was going to say, I think yeah. they're all gone. In 2018, there was one left in Maplewood. Really? Uh, yeah. I remember I changed the slogan for Cub Foods about 30 years ago on the KQ Morning Show. They started using it as a slogan, but for not for very long. That's Cub to you, bub. Which I thought was a very That's catchy phrase. Cub to you. Okay, I'm not thinking of Satan. Sorry. What? Satan well, I know is what the you're thinking of. Tempeh. Tempeh. That's oh, tempeh, fermented yeah, soybeans. Yeah. That's the fake bacon that we get is tempeh. Satan is the um, fake ground beef that I get. Because uh. it's not as processed as um, like Beyond products. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is way too processed, isn't it? A lot of vegetarian replacement stuff. And, like, I'm the type of vegetarian that I'm, I don't need meat replacement stuff. Like, I really do like tempeh, but that's very simple, and it's not, like, really necessarily it's a meat replacement like at, meat all. at all. Yeah, no. it just adds. And I really like smoky-flavored things, and as a vegetarian, you don't usually eat smoke-flavored stuff, <clears throat> typically. No, I suppose not. And, like, yeah. barbecue sauce and buffalo sauce, hardly ever eat that. Why? As a vegetarian, like what? When are you gonna put it on? It's just I not. I mean, cauliflower. People make buffalo cauliflower. I've made that a handful of times, but it's just like it's not common to. You don't go to a restaurant and it's like buffalo cauliflower typically. No. I mean, some right. places. Where was I going with this? Oh, that. But Dan really likes to have some sort of protein packed. Blah blah blah. So. Like what? Like the. That's why I get the seitan. Fake meat. So, like, with you mix it with rice or something? No, it's like, like, I make these things. Like, have you ever had the uh, Taco Bell Crunch Wrap? No, long time. Ago. I have not, but <laughs> it's you just basically take. It's pretty much a burrito quesadilla crossover. So you put all of the stuff in the middle of the tortilla that you'd put into like a burrito or a whatever fajita mm-hmm. anything and then you fold the sides inward and then you fry it in a pan right on both sides so it's like a pocket and it's crunchy and i make those pretty regularly that's one that of sounds good it's one of dan's favorite things that i make um and so i buy the chorizo seitan for that look at that all we have are these eating tips for everyone Sure do. Mean, meanwhile, we're staring at a box of, uh, what would you call those Christmas treats on the far left there? Yeah. Well, there's brittle. Yeah, there's brittle. Sea salt, caramels, Victorian brittle, almond bark, and peanut brittle. There you go. And then in the middle, we have Mixed nuts. Nuts. And on the right, we have cookies. Christmas cookies. I just, there was nothing Christmassy around here, so I had a fit and went to Lund's and Byron's. Had a fit. You got to have some Christmas around at Christmas time, don't you? <laughs> you think. We should get a tiny tree. Uh-huh. Fawn really wants a Christmas tree for her bedroom. Oh, she does? Her own really Christmas tree. Bad you know, they have little, Just like, like a little one. Like a foot yeah, tall ones. Yeah, they have at tiny cub, ones. That cub, they have them. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. 
They got little Santas. They got little trees. They got little uh, angels. They yeah, got all that stuff. Wants a tiny Christmas tree. Well, why not? There, I don't. Where would she put it? I don't. You know, I, 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 is there no room in her room? No. She's got a desk, a bed, a book case that's overflowing, and a dresser. Jesus. Yeah. yeah and her well, room's not stuff. huge either, so. And her bed's a full-size bed. So. Funny. Why does she need a full-size bed? She doesn't need a full-size bed, but she went from a toddler bed, and then we're like, we'll just skip right to full-size. We'll skip twin, because I'm like, when she's a teenager, she'll want to have a full-size bed. And then I sleep with her. And it's nice to have a full... Both of our kids have full-size beds, because when we're reading stories to them, right. we just sit in bed with them and read to them. Indeed. Okay, I want to ask you guys, as in that demo, that uh, under-40 demo... Um, so they had this this uh, election last night, this runoff election between Senator Warnock and Herschel Walker, and uh, Warnock won it by like two point eight points or something like that. It was very very close actually. Well, yeah, I could have told you that would happen. That it was going to be close. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you think it would be close? Because it's easier to sell that way. Because it's all fake. I do believe you're right about that. I'm beginning to think that all. I think stuff all elections old. everywhere are fake. I think they are too. It's, and I, look, I didn't have a dog in that fight. So here's the problem. I don't that care I have. what happens in Georgia. No, exactly. Yeah. But Alex, being a woman in America today, Senator Warnock tried to run over his wife. I think he actually did run over her with his car, one time intentionally. What? And Herschel Walker has been known to beat up women. What? These are the two guys they have to run for senator in Georgia? Well, they're Women doing it to abuser? mock you. They're like, huh, this is what you get. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you think that's what it really is? They're like, this is what you deserve, American public. Have just, fun. Why? You can't find somebody better than, than a, guy, a couple of guys who abuse women. Really? It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about it through these people, so I can't say. Yeah. I have a, I have a grand- granddaughter. I have a daughter. I have a wife. I had a mother. I had two sisters. All of you, if I ever even thought of in any way abusing a woman, you'd never speak to me again. My mother would have had a fit if I ever acted like that. Yeah. I just, how do you get to the point where you think you can abuse women as a man? I, I don't get that at all. I don't understand it. And by the way, I- Warnock's a minister, too. He's Reverend Warnock, who runs oh, over his wife with a car. Dear. <laughs> he didn't kill her or anything, but I just—I don't know how bad it was. But yeah, Andy, look that up. What did he do? I think I know he tried we to run details. her over. His name Warnock. W a r n o c k. Senator Let's Warnock. See. Yeah, I couldn't have voted for either one of those guys. I don't know who the hell I would have voted for, but not either one of those two. They got, the, got it. but Andy's probably right. They don't even come up with good candidates because it's all a scam anyway. Mm-hmm. It's all Why about bother? making money. Do you know in the past, I think it's six years, the state of Georgia has gotten $1.4 billion in political donations Yep. to run really? ads and things like that. Yep. $1.4 billion yep. in it's one all state. out of state and foreign money trying it is. to it is. change the uh, who controls America. It's George Soros kind of deal. Yep, exactly. All fake. So what do you got? Let's see. When they were getting divorced, his wife accused him of running over her foot during an argument. And he did it on purpose. Uh, Let's see. Apparently, all evidence indicates that she was lying. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that story's changed quite a bit. 
Well, I mean, it says that the police looked at her foot and didn't see anything wrong with it, so... So what? Well, so he probably didn't run it over with the car then. I don't know. I could take a car running over my tootsie, no problem. <laughs> but it would show that you... No It problem. was injured. I don't know. Once again, but I just... Again, I don't understand why you want to vote for any of these people. Ugh. <clears throat> Can you think of a politician right now that you like? Nope. Alex? Any politicians you like out there? Leslie Nope. Who's She's Leslie? He's not nope. real. <laughs> He's from Parks and Recreation. Oh, Parks and Rec. Oh, well, thank you. That really helps me quite a bit. It's the only politician that I like. No, I've gotten to the point, as you know, you guys grew up knowing Tim Palentine, a very decent guy, and Deepa. Norm uh, Coleman. I've always enjoyed uh, his company. But I, I and I, look, I don't hate these people now. It's just they're not my kind of people anymore. I mean, what's his name? Wilf, or what's his name? Wilf? Governor Wilf, what's it's his name? Becky's dog's name. Is it? Is it Wilf? Huh. That's a weird They're, name. They own the Boris, Vikings, don't Boris they? Johnson has a son named Wilf. Wilf? Does he really? What? Yeah. That's a made-up name. It sure is. No, well, they... Wilfred, maybe? And then they go by Wilf? Oh, yeah, I don't it's know. a shortened version of Wilfred. But Becky's dog is just Wilf. I well, don't know. She made it up. She was like, Wilfs. I thought I was being so original, and then I found out that Boris Johnson has a son named Wilf. And this person, Becky, my huh. friend, is British, so she was, like, very upset that the fact that Boris Johnson had a son named Wilf. Well, but, she's not just British. She's, like, borderline Welsh. Yeah. So. She's not borderline. She's right next to Wales. But she's British. Cultural influence. <laughs> yeah, there it's you like go. It's like how we're borderline Canadian. True. Everybody. Well, remember, the first tournament I ever played down in, uh, in Florida at Mayaku Country Club... They paired everybody up by where they were from. I was paired with Doug Dawson. First time I'd ever met him, paired with Doug Dawson because we were both from Canada. Yep. We're up in Canada here. They, they literally thought Minnesota was part of Canada. Go grab me a 2-4, eh? <laughs> oh, Which, like... I, eh, whatever. The coasts? They know nothing about middle America. No, oh, God. They have no. known nothing, nothing at all. Nothing about middle America. They, some people I talked to when we lived in New York actually thought there was snow on the ground... Yeah. All year round. A lot of people oh, yeah. think that when Minnesota I, is just like frozen all year round. When I lived in New York for my internship, I feel like I've been talking about that a lot this week. Um, they were like, oh, you're from Minnesota, so there's it snows just all year, right? I'm like, no. It actually has the highest temperatures in America. It does. And the lowest. It gets stiflingly hot in July. It has the biggest temperature swings of any state. Yes, it does. Here's some fun facts. Well, it's like there the desert. Go. People think that deserts are always just hot. But yeah, like, nope. at no. night, they're actually very, very cold. Yeah, yeah. they can get very cold. Because right. the sand doesn't hold the heat from the sun. So as soon as the sun sets, it's just cold. It's like yeah. space. Yep. It is like space. It, it is like space. There's <laughs> yeah, nothing deserts. there. Just deserts. burning hot and freezing cold, depending on how close to the sun you are. Deserts are a lot like space. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. 
We better not ad lib. All right, we won't ad lib. Never mind. People will. Well, you're not that good at it. Oh, yes, that's true. You know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. All right, since we've been talking about the politicians who we can't stand, we're going to switch gears. The 12 winter wonderlands in the Twin Cities that will make even the Grinchiest of hearts and stomachs happy. We'll Some see. Stuff. Okay, I'll run them down. We'll see if you like them or not. I'll see if I've been to them and I can report. Okay. How about Nordic Village at the Four Seasons? You ever been there? Have I been there? Four Seasons. Yeah, so they just reopened. the. I mean, they opened a new Four Seasons, what, about six months ago or something? Four Seasons is a band. This is wrong. It was oh, there Four you go. Seasons. Where is that? Um, It's on like Fifth and Hennepin, something like that. Because I've been to, there was a Nordic Village. Four Seasons is on 245 Hennepin. Two, there was okay, a Nordic so Village for a long yeah, time by. Oh, it's right next to Whole Foods. Yeah. Downtown? Yeah. Oh, like, well, I have not been there, but I have been to, there used to be a Nordic village every year by Bede Makaska. Oh, yeah. Mm. And fantastic. Well, that's what they're saying. This one, the Nordic Village Four Seasons uh, Riva Terrace, includes cedar cabins available for four-course dinners. You get to take the family and eat your dinner in a cabin. What? That sounds adorable. I know. That sounds great. See, this is why we're trying to cheer you up. Oh, yeah. After... They're like on the roof or something. Yeah, they're they like are. Little what? tiny I'm like, cabins. I'm like, how are they yep. putting cabins? I want to go here. They're very, they're basically just, they're, yeah, they're little... probably like 50 square feet. Yeah. Yeah, they're not very big, but that good sounds... enough. That Big enough for dinner. Sounds lovely. Well, I mean, you go downstairs great. for dinner, I think. And then you go up to the roof and you stay in the cabin. No, they said you can eat in the cabin. You could I, say, it says right here. If you'd like, I suppose. Nordic Village of Four Seasons Riviera includes cedar cabins available for four-course dinners. See, there mm-hmm. you go. There you have it. Okay, so in Minneapolis, you can go to Riva Terrace. We were just talking about that. Lawless and Stillheart Distilleries. I don't know where that is in Minneapolis. I've never been to either of those places. I don't know that one either. you got Psycho Susie's Motor Lounge. I've been to Psycho Susie's, but never during the holiday season. Tevin used to work there? Yeah, Yeah. I think he managed it for a while. Tevin did? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, there you go. That's the only reason I've heard of it. The Guthrie Theater, of course, is wonderful. They have the, uh, Psycho Susie's has the... Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's over on what? Just off Central Avenue or something? <coughs> yeah. It's over in Northeast Minneapolis. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. The Guthrie. Why is the Guthrie Christmassy? Well, Just because cause they do the, the Christmas they carol? They do the Christmas Just carol. Cause... The American Swedish Institute's good. Oh, my gosh. You love it? You want to have a beautiful, festive situation? And the Swedes, yeah. Go there. The Swedish know how to do Christmas. Scandinavians are all about the Christmas. I got to really tell you. I got to tell you. There are four little dolls, and they're all cuter than hell. They're oh my two, gosh. two female, one they, two male. They used to have a, I don't know if they have this anymore, but a glug. Yep. Tasting. Glug. 
What's Klug? It's like their version of mold wine. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I went to it a couple of years, and it's just the cutest. You go into each different room, and then you try each different, like, variety. And, you know, like the Nordics do, or the Norwegian people do Klug like this. And stuff like that. And it was just the cutest. And the food at FICA, which is a restaurant there. Mm -hmm. FICA. Fantastic. Really? So good. See, this is all tips we're giving people for the holiday season. Fantastic. Pay your no, FICA dues because then you can go to FICA and get food. There, there you, you go. go. Do that. Holly Dazzle. You like Holly Dazzle? Love Holly Dazzle. Do they don't do the parade anymore, though, do they? I thought they brought it back last year. Oh, did they really? Whether you want to hit the ice rink, shop among the local vendors, listen to live music, or snap a photo with Santa, Loring Park's free holiday extravaganza has a little something for everyone. Doesn't say anything about a parade. I thought last year they brought back like a little parade, not like not as big as not the big one. I thought I thought they had like a little little <laughs> one at some point, like Saturday afternoon. You know. Remember what I but did at Holly, the very first Holidays? Did you ever hear that story? I don't not know. good. The very first Holidays. So I don't know how many years ago. Was that twenty years ago or something? No I don't clue. Know. I don't know. No clue. But I walk up and there's John Lastman watching the parade. So I sneak oh, up yes. behind him. I put him in a chokehold. The guy turns around. It's not John Lasman. Mm. I scared the piss out of that poor guy. Oh, dear. I felt really bad about it. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I thought you were someone else. And he didn't quite get the joke. Yeah, probably no. not. You know? Okay, in St. Paul, you can go to the European Christmas Market, which is good. Styled after European outdoor winter markets, Union Depot gets all gussied up with twinkle lights and everything. The St. Paul Hotel, I got to get over it. I have not been to St. Paul Hotel all year. I have to get over there. I love that place. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Diane's not there anymore, but that, which pisses me off because I love her. But the St. Paul Hotel, if you've never been there, you should go there for dinner sometime. It's just a wonderful thing because it's right across in the Ordway. Is that Rice Park right there? Yeah. Yeah, it's Rice Park, and it's that's very nice as well. Went to high school right there. Yes, you did, right on the right on, basically right between the Ordway and the St. Paul Hotel. Yep. As you go around the corner, uh, here there you go, Rice Park, downtown St. Paul's Rice Park is no longer just a local slice of Winter Haven, uh, heaven, excuse me. It's now on the national stage as one of five cities featured on the Hallmark Channel's Christmas Cam. I didn't know that. What? I didn't know that either. That's pretty cool. And you have the Glow Holiday Festival. If you've driven past CHS Field lately, I love CHS Field. I know. It it's is wonderful. Nice. Yep. <clears throat> I, once again, I didn't get over there this year. I, I don't know what the hell happened this year. <clears throat> I know. It just blew by. I was so planning. Dan and I were like, this summer we got to take the kids to a Saints game. And it never happened. I know. I got to get over to see the Saints again. I love going over there. I know. It's really fun. And I did make it over there. Um, the Festival of Trees in the Suburbs, already an impressive ode to commerce. The Mall of America ratchets up an awe, uh, the awe inspiration to 11 during the holiday season. So that's good there. So all these things that you can do. Now, there are four comments. Do you think they'll be good or bad? I'm I haven't gonna clicked say on bad. it yet. You're going to say that they're all bad, negative? Depends most on people what that comment, comment negatively. Oh, oh, yeah, most people do love the piss and moan. That's very, very true. Well, but it's like, you know, think about it. If you went to a restaurant and had a great experience, you'd be like, that was great. If you go to a restaurant and have a horrible experience, you're like, I'm going to go online and tell everybody mm-hmm. how bad this was. Why would you tell everybody how great it but was? But it's just not, you don't think, you're I just guess. like, restaurants are supposed to be great. Like, you're supposed to have a good time. But then if yeah. it's bad, it's like, don't go here. It was yeah. awful. I know. That's that's how it goes. Okay, well, here's the first comment. 
Gustafson 828 said could only come up with one suburban option, and it's MOA. Surely there are better options for those of us who want to stay in the burbs. That is I something agree. that irritates me. As like, I mean, I live in Bloomington, so not super far out. No. So I can go in. But I'm like, I'm not going to drive into the city yeah. and go to a Christmas market when there's stuff mm-hmm. near me. But it's like finding it is impossible because yeah. the city stuff is what shows up when you Google things. Yeah, true. And it, I, yeah, I agree. Gustafson, whoever you are. Sammy Black says this reads like a paid ad, no objectivity or help selecting or prioritizing these events. A review of each, including drawbacks and surprises, would serve your readers better. Plus, it seems quite lazy to only include one very obvious suburban option, the MOA. So both of them have been pissed off about the MOA being the only suburban option. And it's not a suburban option. No. Not really. No. no. Like MOA the, is a city by itself. Yeah, I it live is. in Bloomington and try to not go to the Mall of America mm-hmm. as much as possible. <laughs> oh, this is nice. Uh, don't forget the winter lights at the Arb. Oh, Arb. fantastic. Yeah, we That's went to last year. Fantastic. Oh, did you? Yep. You're going to go this year? Oh, my gosh. I'm I taking Melissa to a holiday tea at the Arboretum next Friday. That's true. You for are? For her birthday. Oh, there you go. They have great teas. I, I love the Arboretum. And the fact that it's a holiday tea is very exciting. Even it, though I will say the joy of Christmas is it's not really there for me much. Why? <laughs> this year. There's just so much. It's just exhausting. I understand it's exhausting. It's I can tell you exhausting. something. And especially as a parent and a yeah. parent that the parent that is mostly a stay-at-home parent. Because, like, Dan, he works all day, so he's not dealing with all the Christmas stuff as much, you know. He helps with the kids' presents and things, but it's like, okay, I'm at, I'm home. So I end up with the bulk of certain things. And Christmas shopping is one of those things. Yeah, it is. No question. And I have to get gifts for so many people. Why? Because it's like, okay, all of our family, and then... Dan's whole family, although we don't do gifts with every <clears throat> every person, like I only right. have to get a gift for one sister-in-law, and he only has to get a gift for one. Oh yeah, that's. But good then idea. we, our kids, he, each have to get a gift for one of the cousins, so that's two more gifts, and then we have to get gifts for Dick and Diane, and then we have to get gifts for, like Sage's teachers, Fawn's teacher. Sage's gymnastic teacher, Fawn's dance teacher. We're doing a gift exchange for Fawn's class. Sage is in two different gift exchanges because he's in two different classes. Fawn's dance is doing a gift exchange. It's just like buying so much stuff and organizing and making sure that I have it and everything's where it needs to be. And just all of the obligations of you need to be here and do this and blah, 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 blah. It's just exhausting. You'll be fine. Don't worry about a thing. It's exhausting. Okay, the final comment, uh, people are not going to like this one. Nussbaum JM says, Psycho Susie's reservations for 2022 have all been filled. 2022? Well, yeah. Yeah, so the end of the year, they're full. You can't get in through the Christmas season. Good for Psycho Susie's. No, I agree. It's good for the business, and I'm very, very happy for them. And they'll make a ton of, yes, you'll make a ton of dough, so that's good. Uh, i got to mention one thing, because Nick Shank's going to join us in about a minute. But did you see the... uh, did you see the contract that was uh, offered to uh, Aaron Judge? Mm-mm. 
$360 million to play baseball. That's stupid. What? $360 million. That's bananas. That is amazing. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price, upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rob. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant is that nick on hold Hello? yep nick how are you i'm on hold here Nope. Good, how's it going? Magnificently well. Just talking about Darren Judge's new, uh, he was offered a, or I guess he signed a $360 million contract with the New York Yankees. That's it? <laughs> That's all they could afford, apparently. That's, That's all. That poor guy, we should form a, get a kitty going and help him out. Yeah, we should help him out. He's not making enough dough. I, whoever thought, because I will tell you, Nick, I mean, you're much younger than I am, but back when I was, uh, let's say, nine, ten years old, I remember seeing people working at, uh, like, men's clothing stores. Bob Ellison sold cars in the offseason because he wasn't making enough as a Major League Baseball player, and he was a damn good Major League Baseball player. He wasn't making enough money to make it last year round. He had to have a job during the winter. Wow, that's amazing. It's changed quite a bit. So, Nick, how old were you when I first met you with your father? Um, I don't know. Can you... Refresh my memory on that. We were at Golden Valley Country Club. Yep. 
I believe your father was a member there, was he not? Yeah, I think he's the longest-running member right now. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. But There was one guy ahead of him, and then he... Uh, he, he went away. He <laughs> so rang. My dad, he rang he's down the last the man standing. Yeah, I met you. Yeah, I, he. Uh, yeah, he he did what? Yeah, he ran out the clock. He ran, there. You go. He ran out the clock. I would say, Nick, that we're probably talking about. God, you seem like you might have been a teenager or something like that when I first met you many many years ago. How old are you now? Yeah. I am 57 somehow. So I, I might have met you like 35 years ago. You might have been in your early 20s when I met you f- for the first time. Yeah, my dad loved that place. He was out there all the time. He's got two hole-in-ones out there. I, your dad is such a great guy. He is a really nice. I haven't seen him in a long time. I just don't get over it. I'm still a member of Golden Valley, but I never get over it anymore. i got to get over there once in a while. But, uh, yeah, I've always admired him. He's just a great guy, really nice man. Yeah, I think he. I think when he, he told me he first met you, um, you were sitting by. You know, the club is kind of a different place, but you were sitting by yourself, and he just said, "Hey, hi, I'm Marv. I'm a, uh, I'm a member. Do you mind if I join you for lunch?" And he yeah. said, "Sure." And that's just how it went over there. Yep, that's exactly how I met your father. Marv came over and said, "Hey, can I have lunch with you?" I said, "Absolutely." And he just just a great guy, really, really nice man. And of course, he taught you everything you know, didn't he? He sure did. Without I him, that. I mean, all my brothers and I, you know, you can hear our sense of humor, I think, through my dad and, um, you know, yes. kind of uh, yep. very mid Midwestern Minnesota, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, everything's just fine, you know, not bad. But, Nick, uh, you've had a little success over the last several years, which is very nice. I, I, I think, uh, like I said, you may have just gotten out of college when I met you the, for the first time all those years ago, but... My God, you're 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 on such a streak! Congratulations, Nick. We're so happy for you. It's wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. It, it, it sure took a while, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I suppose you know, I yeah. didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't get out to LA until I was 42, really. And um, really, most guys hit it at 22. Yeah, I I took the long road. I I I was writing forever, but I had never hit, hit one big till Gran Torino. I done Let's Bowl with uh, Rich Cronfield and Tim Scott in Minneapolis, which was yeah. fun. We did 20 episodes for Comedy Central, but it just took a long. I just never quit. I was too dumb to quit, and so I just kept going. Well, apparently you weren't too dumb to quit because things worked out rather well in the past 15 years. There's no doubt about that. I appreciate that. The first one, there's a lot of luck, but after that, they don't give you anything. You gotta, you gotta tough it out. So. You know, it's an interesting business. It really is. Well, first of all, Grand Torino was a wonderful movie. And now Andy and Alex are with her. Are my my son and daughter are with us here today. You guys went to hey guys. to school at uh, um, the international school with with uh, the young Asian kid that starred in the movie, right? He was in. Um, what was the one? Wasn't he in Grand Torino? He was Spider. Yeah. That was Grand Torino. Yep. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. then yeah, Duamua. <clears throat> Do a movie, yeah. Yep. Yeah, school with him for one year. he's a great guy. Yeah. Yes, very Went nice. Went to uh, middle school with him. Yep. The, what a he's wonderful. He's doing well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Glad to hear it. I am glad to hear it. Nick, I tell you what, honestly, God, that's a terrific movie. And we just, uh, as a matter of fact, to skip, a, skip ahead quite a bit, uh, we just watched Christmas Story Christmas, which I tell you, Nick, you had a job on your hands. You are never going to meet a bigger fan of Gene Shepard than me. And so when I saw that you had uh, done the the uh, movie, 
I went, man, that's that's a bold move to kind of try to replace Gene Shepard. But I'll tell you what, that movie is very, very enjoyable. You did a great job, man. Thank you. I I, um, I sat down with Peter Billingsley four years ago. Yeah. And um, he and Cale Boyder over at Legendary said, let's put this together. And, you know, I they said they were my first choice. I, I don't know if that's true. But um, the first thing we talked about was tone and how Christmas stories are religion to people. It's, it's yeah. like its own Comic-Con. Yep. And we were very conscious, obviously, Peter more so than I in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie, of course. Um, and so we were careful to not to be true to the, the original, and um, we were very cautious to not piss off everybody. But the story is, is good, and that being the origin story for the original, it's not a money grab. It's not crass. It's not just grinding out some, another thing because you don't have any new ideas. And so I was really happy to be part of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I, happy to, I was happy to see your name on it because, as I said, I trusted, you know, you, Nick, because, as I said earlier, there is no bigger fan of Gene Shepard than me. And you didn't, first of all, try to try to imitate him, but you also didn't go down a road where it's like, ah, oh, well, I'll just abandon all that. How That's got to be tough to do, Nick, to kind of blend the whole thing together. So you're, you're, it's your voice, but in a certain tone. You did a very good job with that. There's a lot of Gene Shepard material, and so yep. we could keep going back to finding snippets of um... – you know, of radio shows or they're out of the books. Um, and so we found our way. Uh, it took four years, <laughs> but we found our way. And we're super fortunate to have the whole cast back together, pretty much. Um, of course, uh, the old man, uh, Gavin, is, is passed away. Yep. And then uh, the, the woman who played the mom, oddly enough, um, she had retired from acting. And Peter had reached out to her about this project, um, saying, you know, you want, you want to do one more and, uh, and then COVID hit. And then the last we heard from her was she had moved. She's, she's in her eighties, late eighties. She had moved into a convent in France to just kind of like live out the rest of her life. Really? I mean, isn't that something? That's a, that's a great story. That's a wonderful story. Um, yeah. And, and but Julie Harry, who's a dear friend of mine, just crushed this thing. She made it her own and. I just thought she was terrific in this movie. You know what's so amazing, Nick, is that uh, I love watching Christmas movies. You know, grew up in North Minneapolis, and we've talked about that before. And Christmas is a very, yeah. very big, big deal to me. But now it's basically uh, he met her and she met him, and they fell in love. Merry Christmas. Yeah, there are enough of those. Let's get back There's to the few of those. Christmas story, Christmas things like uh, the humor in it is wonderful. How did you you got everybody to show up in that movie? It's amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you kind of couldn't just do a couple. You had to do them all. Yes. And uh, and so it took a while. Um, and then the, the uh, Yano, who plays Grover Dill, we didn't actually get him over. We shot the movie in Bulgaria because oh. it's cost you nothing. Right. And you can't tell until you watch the credits. At the end, you can tell that this is shot somewhere else. But um, uh, uh, the Grover Dill character, we... He didn't make it over to Bulgaria. I don't know what was going on, but we did a pickup shot in L.A. and got him into the movie. And, and so you see him in the jail scene, which is the jail fantasy, which is pretty pretty terrific. That is wonderful. So you shot, because I just assumed, looking at it, that that was the exact same house was in the first movie. Nope. In, fa in fact, it was it's really expensive to shoot at the house. Um, I don't have anything to do with that guy. Some guy owns that. But... Um, it was cheaper to, to build the entire house inside and out and the block and the 14 houses around it. 
in Bulgaria than shoot just the exteriors of the house and having people go in and out the front door or wherever that, that original house is located. <laughs> and so it's, it's a testament that, you you know, it, it starts in 1973 in downtown Chicago, and then they move out to Holman. And, and so we, again, there was, you know, stricklers for details. And it's funny when you get over to another country sometimes, you know, Ralphie throws a his manuscript in the garbage can and slams the lid on it. I don't know if everyone's seen the movie, but they don't have those in Eastern Europe. They don't have those type of garbage cans. They never did. They had to make those. They had to make the lid. They had like a, like a metal worker doing this stuff and good luck finding hands, beer signs and stuff like that over there Mm. for the, to put in Flick's bar. So, but those guys were great. And, um, they shoot a lot in Bulgaria, and, the, and the, the crews are really good, and they get paid really good. And so they, they are really professional because they want those jobs. But they, the Bulgarian crews were so happy that they were saying it's nice to have a movie with zero body count because they shoot yeah. in the action movies yeah. where they're, you know, so like one guy added up. He said, like, in the movies I've worked on, like 7,952 people have been shot, you know, <laughs> like. And so they're happy to do something a little lighter. A <laughs> little know? lighter, a little lighter, yeah. A, a little lighter, and so, but yeah, it was that was a trip over there for sure. I love the fact that I literally bought 100% into the fact that that was the exact, and I was asking my wife, Catherine, during the movie, man, I wonder how they got all those people to, to let them use the, their houses again, and how did, they, well, now we find out it was in Bulgaria. That's amazing, Nick. Yeah, I just built them all, and, and uh, Something else. It's funny too because we had um, no one speaks English over there, and uh, there's no actors, and so a lot, I had a part that got cut. Um, but a lot of our other, like our um, customer and our uh, cinematographer, have speaking parts in the movie. You know, and even the um, the, the kids, uh, the the boy who played um, I'm spacing on his name here, uh, Mark. His dad has a line in the movie. He was over there as a guardian, you know? <laughs> and so they're completely out of people who could say one line in English. And so we just started using the crew as actors. It was that's, pretty fun. Uh, that's fantastic. Honest to God, that is. And another thing I do love about it, you, there had, this had to take some work, I would imagine. All those people who were little boys in the first one appear in the movie, and you immediately know it's them. I, you would think they would have changed somewhat, but... Everybody when you know being threatened to be hauled off to jail, everybody recognized that cop immediately and who that was. It was just that that's amazing that that you guys were able to put all of that together again. Yeah, Zach Ward, who plays Scott Park, is yeah. a friend of mine. Is, is, oh, he's okay. a great guy. And um, well, we're, I mean, we're friends now. We I, I had never met him, but we you know, it's funny because we went over to COVID and everybody had to come in and sit around for a while because of uh, you had to pass a, uh, a COVID test and yeah. then before you could be around the other crew, you had to pass another one. And so we had the luxury um, and the gift of rehearsing and spending some time together. And, and usually a lot of movies, someone's, you know, they come for four days and they're gone. But these, so we sort of hung out a lot, but I think Zach and Zach added a lot to the script. He had ideas that he, you know, oh. he's been Scott Parkinson in his head for 39 years. And so, one of my favorite lines in the movie is when Scott says to, to Ralphie, he says, you know, I was just trying to be a tough guy like my dad, which tells you everything about the character. Yeah. And that came from um, that came from Zach. That was his line. Um, and I think that I mean, it tells you everything about the bully. Right. It does indeed. I tell you, I, Nick, so many of the scenes in that movie reminded me of going back to the, you know, 
the bumpus hounds and them breaking in and stealing the turkey. <laughs> the whole thing. All that stuff, yeah. I just love that movie all the way back. And, and you kind of once in a while you worry, because I didn't know you would, you, you would put the movie together. I had no idea until you know, I, I actually checked on it and I saw your name. And I was like, okay, well, this will work. But, I mean, all of those scenes, Fragile and all the great things that came back into my head, it was just wonderful. Yeah, I hope they play them back to back. The only uh, disappointment was they did not do a theatrical release. Um, I wish yeah. it would have been out in theaters. Yep. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on above my um, my uh, as they say pay grade. But yeah. uh, I would have all of us sure would have wished that it would have been in theaters. It would have been a treat to go see that in a big crowd. Are, are people Nick? Are people having a tough time going to movie theaters now? I don't know. I I, I um. I don't think there's a lot of, you know, there's not, like, I'm going to take my kids to the movies this weekend. I don't know what we're going to go see. Like, I don't right. even know what's out there. It, it's, and so we could see Maverick again, but, you know, they've seen that. Now it's on television. I don't want to spend 25 bucks. Seeing something to, you know, so I don't know. Maybe it's, there's just not um, enough movies out right now. I'm not sure. I think people want to go out. I do. Yeah, no question about it. And you got Violent Night. I guess you can't take the kids to that, though, but... Uh... I guess that yeah, is, probably not. Yeah, probably pretty decent. But I, I've heard that Strange World is is just not making the cut. Yeah, I mean, my boys are nine and eleven, and so I'm trying to thread the needle. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny, we it's it's funny to bring back old movies to these kids, and um, like last night we watched The Blues Brothers, and oh, they God. loved it. Like, oh yeah. And like, when's the last time you saw that? And so they they ate it up. Um, you know, it's fun to make these younger kids watch Young Frankenstein or. Real Bravo or the old Robin Hood with Errol Flynn, and you know, it, not Marvel movies. You know, pack their heads full of something else. Now, I do want to <laughs> finish off with uh, with talking more about Christmas Story Christmas, but I got to mention that I thought Cry Macho. Well, first of all, I'm a huge, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan anyway of Clint Eastwood and all his work and all the rest of it. Whether it's Grand Torino, uh, the Mule, but Cry Macho, I thought was terrific. Very well done. Yeah, I mean, Clint keeps going, and so it's 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 a, it's a small film, but it was you know, I, I'm I'm really glad I was part of that. Uh, it was based on a book, and um, and I, I mean, I think Clint is still looking for another project. I don't know what he wants to do. Um, I haven't talked to him in a bit, but uh, but yeah, thank you. I I appreciate it. it. It's not that movie's not for everybody, but I, but I'm I'm glad I have my name on it. Oh, God, I think it's just terrific. But I do also have to ask you about Narcos. How was the Nick Shank and Narcos? I love that combo. It was um, uh, my good buddy, uh, Jose Pagilia. Um, he uh, was one of the creators of the show. And so the season, you know, season one was 10 episodes. And they didn't know it was going to be a big hit at that point. And I don't know what was happening, but Jose said, can you write episodes nine and 10? Uh, it's the last two seasons, or last two episodes of the season, right. and I said, um, "I said, sure. What happens at the end of episode eight, so I can connect them together like Legos?" Right. And so uh, it, 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 it was. Um, it, I mean, every project is is different. Everything gets you know, everything gets sold in a different way, and so that was just you know uh, the beauty about writing about uh, um, Pablo Escobar is. There's six books about every single thing that happened. There's six yeah. different stories, and so you can kind of pick the one you like. And I think they're all kind of based in truth, but um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know how I, I ended up on that, but it was, I'm really glad I did. Oh, it, it was, was terrific! Project. 
It was terrific, Nick. There's no question about it. But a little different than than most years. Although, you know, Gran Torino had its edge. Cry Macho, the mule, they had their edges too. It's just a... Now, you know, actually, this might be a good time to bring this up. Because what I like to do, you know, you're a very successful writer. and uh, You got it all going. For people that might be listening to the show right now, they've been, you know, been writing themselves and, and trying to break through... First of all, what was your first big break? What what drove you to be a writer in the first place? And then what was your first big break, do you think? I I um I got out of college and I did not I went to college uh uh for fine art and I didn't know what to do. Uh I kind of fell into writing, but I kept writing oh. and I just never quit, but um I we I started doing cable access with a few guys, Rich Cronfield and um uh and, and a few other guys, and, and we kind of were writing fun sketches, and, and it was really small potatoes and small steaks, and we were just trying to make each other laugh. It's Chris White and um, mm-hmm. our friend Ben. And um, and so we started making these little sketches, and one of them was called Clown Hunt, and it got some attention. And I remember when Patrick Royce, on, on, I think on CCO, yeah. dragging it up, and my dad heard it. My, my dad said you know, you know, wow, actually, it's, you are doing something. And then when I got hired on Let's Bowl, it, it kind of kept me going. And so, and then also Rich Crawford and I sold a script, I think, back in 92. And it, it never got made, um, but it it it, it, it my appetite enough to sell one script in 92 and then finally get a movie made in 2008. God, isn't that amazing? Six. So how do you get by? And I'm, I'm just... I'd love to hear a guy like you so successful at what you've done and, and you didn't just, you know, ease into it. It took a long time for you. I mean, for, for how do you know you're a good enough writer to say, look, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to keep going until I break through. How do you know in your own head you're good enough to do that? I didn't. I just kept going. I, I, was dry, I, was, I did construction for a while, and then I was a teamster um, because the hours were more, you know, it was a solid 40 instead of, you know, you know, leave early in the day type of construction yeah. stuff. And so, so I would, I, but I just stuck with it and I, I, I kind of loved it and I just kept with it. And, and, um, I don't know why I, I stuck it out. Maybe, like I said, I was kind of too dumb to quit, but I wrote <laughs> okay. Grant, Grant Torino with Dave Johansson and I cooked that up pretty much. Um, he's another Minnesota guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, and I wrote, the, I ended up writing the thing in 2004. Five and I knew it was pretty good, but I kind of was penciled down for a year or a couple of years. I went up to uh, Canada to work on this other project, but I thought this is pretty good. I don't know why it's not gonna it's not gonna sell or it's not getting made. And and I had my doubts on that one, thinking like if I can't get this one out there, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. And then Clint just swooped in and and, and away we went. And so uh, and I was lucky on that because Clint was supposed to do Invictus. They had a that oh, yeah. had a scheduling problem. And so instead of Clint just going off to Carmel and golfing for five months, he made another movie, and um, and then and then off we went to the races on that. And so, um, but yeah, I just kind of hung with it. I kind of felt like I knew what I was doing, or it sounded good to me. Uh, and I, you know, I wasn't even reading the other screenplays, and so I was kind of in a bubble. I was in Minnesota the whole time, and uh, I just kept at it. So would you suggest to most people, I mean, some people, if they, if they can stomach the weight, I mean, you, you talked about 16 years there between point A and point B. 
Um, you know, there are many, many people out there that probably have a lot of talent, and they just they want to know, should I stick with it? Should I just give up? I should, but if you believe in yourself, Nick, should you just stick with it until something happens? I think so. I mean, I um, I was you know working forty hours a week too. But yeah. if I want to, if, if if I always tell everyone if they want to get in the film business, it does, you know whether it's or writing or cinematography or doing costumes or makeup, what you do is you go to LA and you work on a movie for free. You figure out how to yeah. speed and yep. clothe yourself, and you intern for free, and um, you it's like going to college in three months. It's one like film school. You see all the elements. And the thing is, too, is you're worth half a damn. Um, people aren't. <laughs> if you're if you're a go getter, and if you're the lowest guy in the wrong, and you and you work your ass off, and you anticipate people's needs, and instead of giving them coming up with problems, you give them solutions. Or if you say we have a problem here, I have ten ideas how to fix it. You will end up being pay- a paid person probably within a couple of weeks and move up the ladder if you're worth half a damn. And so, okay. and then you, and then the way you go. And so. Um, that's what I would do. If I if I had to redo everything, I would I would go I would have moved out to L.A. and worked on at least one movie and saw how it goes from the ground up. And yeah. I know a lot of people have done that who were in financing now and they were they thought it was really interesting that you know the, the payroll department. And then you know you look around at the head of the payroll department. You look around and go that person that that woman is sharp. Let's keep let's keep her around. And then it's just the way it works. See, I love that. People hear so much negative stuff as, oh, you'll never do this, you'll never do that. Nick, I, I'll tell you, to this day, and I, you know, you've been around, you've worked with, uh, with Clint Eastwood, you've worked with Robert Downey Jr., Robert Duvall, the list goes on and on and on. But, you know, this morning, I'm sitting on the KQ Morning Show, and I'm interviewing Joe Montaigne. I love Joe Montaigne, and after even yeah. 36 and a half, 37 years on the KQ Morning Show, I still think, how the hell did I ever get to a point where I just sit and schmooze with Joe Montaigne? I mean, that... You you do realize how, how lucky we all are, don't you? Absolutely, I don't take any of this for granted. And, right. Um, I know you. You know, if you turn left instead of right, it might not be talking right now. And um, yeah. And so I I uh, I appreciate everything that I've been able to do, and uh, I try to be a really decent person out here. You, you can't believe the behavior of some of these people. <laughs> I can't believe well. some of this stuff. And I, yeah. I wonder sometimes, do these people own a mirror? How do they look themselves in the mirror at the end of the day? But uh, and so I try to not do that, and I try to surround my people with uh, myself with people who are above boards and and not terrible. <laughs> no, see, Nick, that's I'm really glad you brought that up because, boy, you, you, whether it's New York, it's because I lived in New York for many years doing voiceover and all the rest of it, and you'd run into these people that you really admired the work they did, but then you go, just what you said, it's like, what is wrong with you? What are you, why are you acting like that? What are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, you're right. It's, you got to really watch yourself and, because you could get drawn into that, I suppose, if you were a little weaker in character, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, my friend Matt and I, I always wonder, like, are we the only guys who didn't sexually harass every single woman alive? <laughs> like, how, like, how, like, how, like, you hear the story after story. Yep. I think it goes down to character and where you're from too. Like the last time I saw Clint, he was he was walking in from the parking lot into a meeting room we had, and he turns around and walks five feet back to pick up a Kleenex off the ground, yeah, to throw in the garbage can because he's a decent guy. That's what I've heard from everyone. Yeah. I've never met him personally. I've never even talked to him actually. I've never interviewed him or any of that kind of stuff. Doesn't do a lot of interviews, I don't think on, on certainly on radio. But I've always admired his character. He just you know. He, 
He, he's, he's still living in Carmel, isn't he? I think. At least he was. Yeah, he's, he's working on his. Working on his, He's building like a horse barn or something like that up there right now, and keeping him busy and, and hands on. Um, but Clint himself, like he worked up the ladder. I think he was like uh, construction and all that. And yep. then someone said, well, "He's a good-looking guy. Let's put him in the background." And then then you get one line and you get two lines. And and you know when you work from the ground up, you 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 know. It's not like you're some good-looking underwear model who they pulled out of a magazine and dropped right. into an acting role, and you've had the world by the ball since day one. And you know, and maybe that's where it goes off the tracks a little bit. Yeah, no question about. It. I mean, he he was in. I think his first big break was Rawhide, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I think so. And I think he did some other bit parts, and, and he just kind of rose up. And I mean, that's why he was so good behind the camera. Yep. He saw it all. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. We only have about three minutes left, Nick, so I want to talk more about Christmas Story Christmas because, honest to God, Nick, I, I, like at first I didn't even know you were involved. I found I found that out just a short time after afterward, but I loved Christmas Story so much I thought, oh, my God, it's Gene Shepard. Gene Shepard's no longer with us. Do I want to go see this movie? Am I going to like it as much? Because I love that first movie, no question about it. Uh, then uh, even before I found out that you were involved, I did watch the movie, just absolutely loved it. Then I found out you were involved and went, oh, that makes sense. So, um, <laughs> no, but it's true. You, you do great work. I, I, look, I just read a, off a list of a bunch of movies, Gran Torino and Cry Macho and Mule and, you know, you get on the list. Those are all really good movies. And here we are with Christmas Story Christmas, and you worry about now that he's the young boy has grown up and now he's a man, and you have all the memories of, like I said, Fragile, and you know you'll shoot your eye out, you can't have a BB gun, all the great lines, but you brought it all back, Nick, and it was just you did a hell of a good job, sir. Thanks. I, uh, I mean, it got handed to Peter Billingsley. He really, yes. not only produced this, but he shepherded the whole thing. And I'd watch Peter go from like producer role, like, well. We're running out of daylight here, or this and that, or this actor's sick. Or, and then and then him walking in front of the camera and turning back into Ralphie, an adult Ralphie. Yes, yes. Like, with the, with the, like, like flipping on a light switch. And it was absolutely amazing and, and eerie at the same time. And everybody knows, noticed it, like, holy smokes. And then as far as the Gene, Gene Shepard, a couple of his kids are producers. And they, oh. they once they read the script, they said, you have our blessing. Dad would have been, um, we think, pleased. And then some other people who are attached to Gene um, they, you know, they're at the premiere when one guy's crying saying that you would have been proud. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's true. Um, and you know, a lot of these guys, you know, from the cast, they knew Gene cause he was in the movie and Gene was hanging around. Um, and him and Bob Clark who directed uh, Christmas story, you know, every time Bob Clark would go to get a cigar or go to the bathroom, Gene would tell, like come in and tell the kids, do it like this, do it like this. And they, so I guess they had to like not throw Gene up the set, but like, you know, cause Bob Clark would say, stay away from my actors. I'm, I'm running this thing. And so it, it was, uh, they all knew these guys really well. Uh, 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 Bob Clark, especially, he would mentored a lot of these young guys. And as Peter Billings wanted to get behind the camera and, and you know, forward his career, a lot of people don't want to help somebody else out. But Bob Clark, the director of Christmas Story, was a mentor till the day he died. Wonderful. That's a wonderful story. No question yeah, about stuff. it. And I'll tell you, uh, Gene Shepard, if the people have never read any of his books, he wrote many, many books. I love each one of them. Uh, he just, he made such a connection, Nick, with the, I guess, the blue-collar worker. He was so good at that. Uh, I remember reading one one story. God, I don't remember which one it was. But the, the family's driving down the road. They're going on the vacation or whatever. 
And the old man, of course, says, oh, my God, if you, I, you kids could keep it down a little bit. I've got a headache. And his wife, without another second, looks at him and goes, well, them seven beers. You know, it's just <laughs> what would have been said. He nailed that stuff, didn't he? He sure did. And I, I think we all remember maybe driving from one house to the, another house yes. and you can hear the ice clinking in your, in your parents' glass because they took it as a roadie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking you know, about. Uh, and so that was, this was before everyone had red plastic cups. I don't know where they came from, but you know, dad would pour it from the good glass into kind of a cheaper glass. <laughs> I love <laughs> to drive it. the four blocks over to your aunt's house. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's four blocks, to, right? You know, and so uh, I remember people would you could smoke in the bank. I remember when I first got my first bank account at TCF, they had ashtrays where you fill out your deposit slips. So I thought. Man, you can't wait five minutes to have a heater in the in the, in the bank, you know? <laughs> Andy, you got something in common with Nick Schenck. You worked at TCF, too. I sure did, over in Crystal. We, we were, uh, it was Fridley for us. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. <laughs> we, we, we grew up in Fridley. Mm-hmm. TCF was my first bank account. The customer first. Oh, I don't. I really? thought it was Twin City Federal. It was Twin to... City Federal, <laughs> but when I worked there, it was the customer first, and now it's just TCF. It doesn't stand for anything. Well, then Bill, well, Bill yeah. Cooper's not around anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's that yep. deal. Everybody's Nick, going away. Nick, thank you. Merry Christmas. Have a great holiday season. Honest Scott, I just absolutely love your work. I'm so happy you were thank available you. to come on the show here before the Christmas. Uh, well, it is the Christmas season now, and uh, we got it coming up in just sure a couple is. of weeks. So, Nick, thank you so much. Have a great Christmas. Please say hello to your family for me. Your, your dad is a wonderful guy. Will do. Uh, call me anytime, and Merry Christmas, everybody. I appreciate your time, and uh, uh, have a good day. Uh, it's a great honor for us. Thanks, Nick. Nick Shank, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in to Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com.
Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and love their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. The movie's called Christmas Story Christmas. Uh, if you're looking for a Christmas movie, it is really good. Yeah, we might have to watch that. You should. Oh, you you guys are like, well, did you, you guys remember the Christmas Story? Yeah. I yeah. haven't seen it so in Peter, ages, though. Peter Billingsley, well, you guys met Peter Billingsley at that... Uh, you keep saying that. Well, you did. <laughs> you met him. He's a very, he was a very, he's not a very big guy, but you met him, although you were totally distracted by, what's his name, Vince Vaughn. Just, you and Becky were, oh, Vince Vaughn. I was here. not like that about Vince Vaughn. Yes, you I've were. never been like that about anybody since I was 12 years old and saw in sync. So, oh, just that's right. Relax. I still, you got to tell the story. What? When you went oh, backstage geez. and met in sync. No, okay. So they had a. The meet- greatest. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. My, I was in probably fourth, fifth grade. And NSYNC came to town and they had a meet and greet before their show in Minnesota where it was like probably 100 people. Was there that many? I didn't even think there were that many. Between 50 and 100. I don't remember. I was in in fifth grade, so could have been 12. Were you in fifth grade then? I think so. I think like fourth or fifth grade. And I brought my friend Eva, who was my elementary school best friend, who has a very, very strong Minnesotan accent. Yes, she does. And they were like, oh, does anybody have any questions for anybody in NSYNC? And she raised her hand and asked, what's your guys' favorite foods? And they had no idea what she was saying. Well, that was Justin Timberlake, actually, wasn't it? It was all. It was in sync. It was all of them. Oh, I thought Justin Timberlake's the one who looked well, over at the producer and said, "I have no idea what." She one just of them was said. like, "I don't know what that is." That was Justin. And they're like, "Oh, That's food, gibberish. food." Um, and they what? all said cereal, some type of cereal, Lucky Charms. Yeah, yeah they, they did. Were teenage they all... boys. <laughs> Where can you watch a Christmas story? Christmas. It's, it's on, on television. Netflix. On Netflix. Netflix. Yes. It's on Netflix. There you go. There you go, Trevor. It is on Netflix. I think you'll like it because it doesn't turn on the original story, which is a magnificent no, movie. It feels very, very similar. Does it? It does. It's, it's really, really well, It's really well done. I would recommend it. Did your kids watch it? At your house, yes. Oh, that's right. We all watched it together. With you. That's right. I forgot about Well. <laughs> on Thanksgiving after, or on our Friday Thanksgiving after Andy and Melissa went home, we watched it. The only oh, reason. okay, yeah. I could, didn't remember that because I have Elf stuck in my head because she oh, laughed geez, so nice. hard. When he burps for 30 seconds, she thought, Fawny, six years old, thought that was the greatest thing she had ever seen in her life. No, my goodness. She did. She just loved that scene. Melissa won't watch Elf because she says that it's like the Napoleon Dynamite of Christmas movies. Disagree. What's wrong with Napoleon Dynamite? (laughs) Disagree. I I love Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite is pretty stupid. Way more stupid than Elf. It's a very stupid movie. What is Napoleon Dynamite's way more stupid than Elf. Elf's just like Elf's Elf's really good. Like silly. And Napoleon Dynamite's just weird and stupid. It's very dumb. But, but I like it. But it's yeah, it's it's a lovable movie. But like is Elf is just yeah, it's a different oh, whatever. It's well it's it's basically just two hours of slapstick, isn't it? Elf? Yeah. No. No? No. No, not no, there's a very sweet story no, to it. No, it's very as well. sweet. He's 
Well, he's an elf, but he's not actually not an elf, right? He's a human that, that was, was dropped off elf. and raised as an elf, and then he finds out that he's adopted, mm-hmm. and so he goes to New York to find his birth dad. Right, right. Um, his birth father, and finds him, and he's like this crabby guy that works at like a child's pu- book publication. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's right. a book publisher. Publisher. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And he's all crabby, and it's just like, what's his face? Will... Feral. Feral is he's you know and he thinks he's an elf. I mean he is an elf, generally. Yeah, well, he's generally. culturally he's an culturally elf. an elf. Yes, there you go. And so he's just thinks everything is so marvelous mm-hmm. and exciting, and his dad thinks everything's terrible. It's kind of like dad and me. <laughs> what? Very it's similar. It's a similar. Maybe that's why I'm so attached to this. And then okay, what is that now? Run that what, by me again. Let's go back. <laughs> Will Farrell is culturally an elf, so he thinks everything is just like magical and exciting, and his birth father thinks everything is terrible. I don't think everything's so, terrible. On the phone yesterday, you said I hate all people. I don't know if I've told you that, and I said multiple, multiple times. <laughs> so well, it's hard to like that, a lot though. of people. So, it is very hard to like a lot of people. That's true. And then Will. F- Farrell finds he ends up working at a store, like a department store, accidentally. Deschanel. And Zoe Deschanel's there, and they um, then find out that Santa's sleigh can't fly because the children don't believe in Santa as much mm. anymore. And it takes children's belief for Santa's sleigh to fly, but the, to fly. But then he made a motor. So it didn't need children's belief anymore. But then the motor broke in New York City. And so then everybody's Uh, spreading holiday cheer. And and actually, we've been watching, or we watched, I suppose, the Santa Clauses. Mm. Oh, yeah. Plural. Um, It actually sounds a whole lot like that. A lot of very similar things. Yeah, it's really similar. I'd say it's, yeah. Oh, you watched the Santa Clauses? I've seen the first one. No, the Santa Clauses, the show. Oh, not the movie. Nope. Yeah, there's a new show. What? Tim Allen is in it. Oh, yeah. from Santa Claus. He's, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, his sleigh runs on children's belief, mm-hmm. and children don't believe in Santa anymore, so it doesn't work very well. Yeah. So he has to get a new. He wants to retire, mm-hmm. so he gets a new Santa Claus, and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, Trevor wants to know if it's any good. I would say it's better than I expected from a Netflix show. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, they haven't really marketed it very well. It's not yeah. finished yet. It's coming out weekly like a show used to. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch it all, don't watch it right now. Uh, I think we watched like five episodes. Can't binge it. Yep, can't binge it. But yeah, it's um, it's better than I thought it would be. It's got some flaws to it. Uh, but I don't know. For the most part, it's weirdly dark because yeah. the elf... So basically... You get this new Santa, mm-hmm. and he is, like, this tech bro guy who wants to, like, you know, shift the paradigms and all that crap. He wants to um, disrupt. Yeah, exactly. He's disrupt. So what he does is he implements CED, which is Christmas every day. So there's <laughs> oh, no more God. Christmas. It just, if a kid wants something, we deliver it to them right away. Oh, just to make and the streamline. Ruin it. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's the idea that's the is, you know, you know overambitious tech guy is ruining Christmas by taking away the magic, which is, you know, it's a fine lesson, but it's like the elves start, like, evaporating. And they're like, "Uh, elves have never died before. This is the first time that... (laughs) And it's rated PG, and it's like, you know, I don't know if I'd... Beetlejuice. That's true. Beetlejuice (laughs) is PG somehow. Which it's, it's... 
It's 90s PG. That's he swears true. It's all very, the time. He says sure the F does. word in it. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was Which it's, by today's, PG was different. By back today's then. standards, it's PG 13. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's back the then, uh, things but, were different. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I. It's yeah. a good show. I think it'll get. I think it'll be good by the you know end of the run. No. Yeah. I haven't even. I heard think of it'll that. be worth watching. I haven't. We don't. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen. The only time I watch anything is when I'm at your house. Oh, really? Other than that, I'll watch. I'll have like the Great yeah. British Breaking Show on while I'm like folding laundry or. We watch stuff like, after whatever. Ethan goes to bed and before we go to bed, but that's about it. Dan and I do not. Hard. We watch TV together maybe once a month. Well, we'll close the show today with my uh, my description of what I said to Alex. I hate all people. I hate all people. I have. Because I guess people know who I am and I've made a nice living and all the rest of it. I get worn out by people taking advantage. People will do anything for money and it makes me want to puke. Anything but get off their ass, of course. And I'm not talking about all people, but many, many, many people. Friends I've known for a long time. Uh, all of a sudden, when money comes along, boy, you're, it's a whole different experience. It's just disgusting that people will do anything for money. I hate that about yeah, people. Andy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't I do it. love my money. <laughs> Andy's not exactly a money grubber, that's, uh, that's for sure. But I just really wish people... I'm not big into ass kissers. I hate that. I can't do it. Like I said, I've said before, even if I tried to be an ass kisser, it wouldn't work. The... the the, no, the words wouldn't come out. You don't have an ounce of. I would not try to tease somebody up and and try to make money off them and screw them out of money, which people do all the time. You know, we were just talking about our politicians. These people are disgusting. It's not about serving anymore. It's about how much money I can make by pretending I care. That's I find disgusting. Don't you? So the people I know that are my friends, I love my family. There's no oh, I should mention by the way, that is, there's a certain company that you'll uh, you'll be talking to in the next couple of weeks. They love this show and they think both you and Andy do a great job on this show. They're very very happy about it. Well, good. Well, we've been doing it for a decade, so you better well, be pretty good. But it doesn't mean you get any better at it. But yeah, they're that's true. And that doesn't mean that I don't meet really wonderful people all the time. Now, let me just throw that in to close. I do meet really, really nice people. It's just when, when you just it wears you out when people are constantly coming at you for money. That drives me nuts. And I'm not talking about for good causes, just to try to scam you out of anything they can. It's disgusting to me. That's yeah. fair, isn't it? Well, hating all people is different than not liking that behavior. Well, that's what I mean by I hate. I don't really hate all people, just most people. Okay. How about that? Great. That's a good way to go about it, isn't it? Mm. All mm. right. I'll think it over, and I'll be back with you tomorrow. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.